Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all kinds of different things going on today. Some NFL. Have you seen the forecast in Buffalo? Oh, well, check. I, I check one, you. two. I double, I double hit your one, button. One, two. There. All right. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, I. Uh, it's going to make our Friday or tomorrow night look like nothing. The old Twitter sphere. I just saw an update from the uh, the HHR model, I believe is what it's called. The forecasting like software, weather software. Okay. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, HRRR. The HRRR model. I would have believed it the first time, but go ahead. <laughs> take a can take a guess at how many inches of snow it's predicting fall uh, in less than twenty four hours. Is it somewhere in the thirty inch area? More than that, like forty two inches. Am I? Am I getting no more than that? You're not even close yet. Are you serious? <laughs> You're not even close. That is hard to fathom. What, what is 70 it? Seventy <laughs> inches oh of snow. Wow. I'm trying to let me look here. <laughs> I am trying to figure out when that is. Oh, this, oh. I think it's I saw what I, I saw. I think it's like Friday. I think it's like Saturday. Oh see, I saw a window. It was like tonight through, through Saturday night. Yeah, so you're yeah, waking yeah. up Sunday. It's not like at the game. It's like it's not like it's gonna be snowing seventy inches during the game. But you, the problem is getting to the game well, yeah and then clearing out the field and everything you've seen that where they have those conveyor belts and they're just shoveling snow on these conveyor belts yeah 70 inches is a different problem oh man that's, that's almost six feet that's i know it's like as tall as me that, i know here's a pretty that's good nuts there's a pretty good meme because uh buffalo is supposed to play cleveland Right, NFL memes on Twitter. Okay, and it's all it, it's some sort of animal, some sort of little. I don't know if it's a mouse or whatever, but there's snow. You see this animal that's underneath the snow and just like making little tracks through it. It would be like almost like an ant farm. Yeah, and it's Nick Chubb once he hits the hole and breaks free. <laughs> so, I think there's discussions now that and that decision would have to be made here pretty quick of moving that game to Detroit. There is precedent for this. Back in 2014, uh, Buffalo was supposed to play the Jets, I believe it was, at home. And the NFL moved that to uh, Detroit on a Monday night. Here's the problem with that, though. Buffalo plays Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, you're talking moving. Moving, yeah. Date, I mean, not... not Well, when they they had to move the game out of Buffalo, they, they were able to use Monday. Uh-huh. Uh, because you know the bills didn't but this this year they're not going to be able to use monday because the bills play then thursday for thanksgiving against detroit so that's one of the reasons why it makes sense to use detroit at least because buffalo is going to be there anyhow but yeah. timing wise they would have to do that uh, yeah detroit's on the road 
Okay, so they're at the Giants this week. So it is possible that the Bills and the Browns would just meet at Detroit Sunday. Mm -hmm. But like you're about to say, that decision has to be made with the quickness. Right. Probably today. Yeah. To be able to get all the all the things working. Uh, but anyway. Uh, I'm going to in, uh, interject here or not uh, or insert some personal comments. How dumb are we to not, I think, you know what, in Buffalo, maybe we should be having an indoor stadium. Well, it doesn't make any difference if it's indoor or outdoor right now when you can't get to the – Well, nobody so can get, get there. there. Yeah, 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 that's I, true. I, get I don't that. think it has anything to do with – you know. I, the, I get that. There's a possibility <laughs> this, of thunderstorm. This is where we are though. as humanity. Like, that would be a good idea. An open-air stadium in Buffalo, New York, next to the Great Lakes that deal with snow. Well, it's a one – Ten months out of the year. It's like a one-decade problem. Once-a-decade problem. <laughs> That's 2014, the last time this, this occurred, so – That'll be interesting to Did see. Did you what see happens. the game last night? The college football game. I saw highlights of it. I saw it on my on the Twitter. Central sphere. versus Western yeah. Michigan. I was like, yeah, I'm going to turn that on just to see him play in the snow. Well, when I had when I had gotten wind of this, ah, Sam's exactly right. That damn global warming is jumping up and biting us here on Sunday. I'm telling you, we're living in uh, the day after tomorrow. You know what's funny? Speaking <laughs> of global warming. You remember when we were kids and all this kind of started when we were in school? It was like uh, I remember the hole in the ozone. The layer. hole in the ozone, yeah. but but at, even before that was discovered, and I've got air quotes going discovered, right? But what was the other? But there was a bigger fear than global warming. What's that? A new ice age. Oh right, right. That's what I was like that movie. Yeah. Day after tomorrow. So maybe we are here. Maybe we're in the new yeah. ice age. Every every time every year it's the first day where it's cold. I I think this is it. It's never going to warm new, up again. It's the new ice age. It's never going to get warm. I'm such a Scrooge when it comes to cold weather. I know one guy that's in our building today that is wishing global warming was was real at least for tomorrow. Our man Drew. Yeah. You know. I, hey, welcome back. You've been sick for a couple of days. Uh, get your tail what? out there. Tomorrow you're <laughs> back on the roof. I kind of want it. You've seen those. Uh, we saw a Newcastle fan have yes. those little igloo things. You see them all over for baseball and softball. Yeah, soccer. You see them. In yeah. So yeah. I I uh, wonder would that even work? It'd have to be pretty tall because he has to stand up the whole time. Yeah, I was. Doing I, closing I, that actually, thing, getting I was, a heater up there. It's actually thinking about this last night. This exact scenario. How do we get Drew? How warm? do we get Drew? That's in, a good in question today for the text line. How do we get keep our camera guy warm tomorrow during the big so oaks? Could he set? Could he set in a chair inside the little igloo and just kind of put his hand out and just look through the the rangefinder? I think he likes to stand though the entire time. Yeah. When he's doing this, he's he too used tall. To have a stool, and then I think he gave that up. He's he just too, has the stool up there like during breaks and stuff. He's too tall for the igloo, yeah. To stand. Otherwise, it, I guess I guess maybe he could just have his feet outside the igloo, if there was a little. Uh, but I don't think those things come with like feet holes. I don't know. It's a floor. The whole point is to to keep you warm, so you don't let any of the outside Listen, air I'm, in. I'm going to bring him my coveralls tomorrow, and we might have to hold him down like a child and th and put him on him. I wonder if we could talk the Phillips family into bringing, say, like a two or three gallon jug of hot chocolate yeah. and setting it up there for him. Yeah. 
By the way, they brought us hot chocolate last week. Yeah, it I know. was good. Y'all dove into it so fast I never even had a chance. Well, that's your problem. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if you shut up every once that's in a while the, that's and just the problem turn around. Of, that's the problem of having to talk all the time. All right, so we'll talk. We, we got to keep I think we warm. got the snow, but that, that's just fascinating. See, people are going to text us by the third, fourth quarter and go, why is there shaking in the in your camera shots? Because like, <laughs> he is frozen up there. I was already – I've already gotten a uh, – I've I've already gotten a verbal text for the text line on on Friday at halftime. I was having lunch yesterday and okay. I ran into a guy. And he said, "You know what? I'm thinking about texting you." Well, good at halftime. And I said, "I'll tell you what. Don't worry about that. If I can just remember, I'll tell you. I'll tell them that you're watching. And it's somebody that that everybody knows. You know who always tells me they're going to text me, and they've only done it one time. This Your wife season. My wife and kids. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew They're it. probably not going to watch Friday night. They're yeah, be... this is a great suggestion here on the text line for Drew. Yeah, yeah, I've thought about this. Dress him up like Ralphie's little brother in a Christmas yeah, story. Where he can't Speaking put his arms Speaking of down. that, a Christmas story, I mean, it's become a, a, a holiday tradition. Right. On what, TBS or TNT 24 or 24 hours of a Christmas story. Have yeah. you seen what's occurring this year? They've, they've that has been s- expanded. What? It's not just a Christmas story. What are they doing? I, Tell me National Lampoon's Christmas yes. Vacation. <laughs> I think it's Christmas Vacation. Awesome. Maybe Elf as well. Oh, awesome. Classic. I think. I know Christmas Vacation is. Or Great. I'm fairly, I've seen this like on an advertisement. That is a tradition in our house on Christmas Eve when um, uh, the, the girls go to bed. The wife and I pop open a <laughs> bottle of bubbly. We turn that on. And um, I don't know if I disclose what we do as far as wrapping, Whoa. wrapping gifts, getting gifts ready for Santa to deliver. I was don't right. Don't go down that route. You I was right. Mind. What do you got? Saturday, November 26th. So a week from Saturday. Mm-hmm. Elf. From 6A to 6A. And then Sunday, November 27th. It will pick up with Christmas Vacation. Awesome. I was just thinking. I'm Which is a little closer to Christmas. I'm getting ready to start programming Christmas music on our on our uh, music stations. You know, Are we really doing that again this year? Well, uh, come on. I mean, I'm not the biggest of Christmas fans, but I know other people When are you going to start doing this? Uh, I'll get it ready for Black Friday and beyond. Okay. Uh, I got a plan. I'll get with you later. I don't, I don't know what the powers that be are going to think, but... I would prefer it to not start till after Thanksgiving. Oh, no, that's the thing. I celebrate one holiday at a time. So as soon as Thanksgiving's over, okay, I'll get in that Christmas spirit. But right now, all I'm thinking about is turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes. Right? Yes. But I am planning ahead. Now, my dear wife tonight wants me to get the Christmas tree out. No. Did you say no? Obviously not. Obviously not. Wife? You said yes. <laughs> Have you met? Sometimes you just say yes and move on down life's path. Okay, so I'm going to get it out. She ha- she's not working tomorrow, and her plan is to decorate the inside of the house. And but I put my foot down when she says, "Can you put the lights up?" And I say, "After Thanksgiving, I will." And good news. And last year, what was I doing <clears throat> on Bedlam Saturday? The weather is looking pretty nice <laughs> for this weekend. No, next weekend, after Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Black Friday, 56. That's Saturday, 56. It's a better weekend to do it anyhow. Yeah. If we're not playing ball somewhere, but yeah. 
Well, wonderful. Just wonderful. Do your kids get the entire week off of school next week? They do. That's a wild thing. So does Wyatt. We never got that. Did we even get Wednesday? They get the entire week for like fall break, I think. No, no, no. They just had two days for fall break. Yeah, that's what Oak City did too. Sarah um, Sarah was the whole Thanksgiving, full week. We didn't get that. I was trying to remember if we even got Wednesday off. No. It was Thursday, Friday. Friday. Boom, that's it. Get your butts back to school. So mistreated. So (laughs) mistreated. Uh, We'll hit Bedlam. Why will Oklahoma State win? Why will Oklahoma win? How many more? One answer to both questions. How many more of these are there? That's a good question. In the near future. And here's one that I think uh, maybe the folks in Crimson and Cream that are still believing in the Sooners have on their side. But I want to know how much you think it mattered. How much does this series history matter now? Thunder last night, SGA. That dude is killing it. Absolutely killing it. Uh, high school football playoffs, of course, uh, coming up tomorrow. We'll talk Elk City, Hildell a little bit, Clinton and Poto. And then outside of Class 4A, Jared, I want you to give me like two or three teams that are going to go on the road that you think have the best chance to come away with a win all across the state of Oklahoma. Will do. So that's what we got. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We could talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in. Uh oh. Bless you. Pardon me. Feel free to chime in at 225. See that? I mean, it picked right up where I left off. 225 9698. We're going to be outside the listing area. You can stay in touch with the show a couple of different ways. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the Paragon app. That app's got it all. Radio, Penny News. Go pick up a free copy of the Penny News. At your favorite local newsstands. I know it's out and about. I saw the big boss yesterday evening when he rolled back in. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. There's high school hoops tomorrow night on Paragon TV. There's also high school football playoffs. Big Elks versus Hilldale here. And then Hollis goes up to Sealing. So you can watch Elk City on Big Elk TV. Hollis and Sealing on Paragon TV. The Elk City game will also be on the radio on Cool 94. And then you you reminded me to start the the uh, recording, so we'll have a Skinny on Sports podcast today and every day that Jared's here anyway. Uh, Skinny on Sports podcast is on kadsam.com or iTunes. Did you watch any of the Thunder last night? Um, no. It's becoming increasingly difficult with it on Bally Sports. Yes, that's why. I actually we listened to a bunch of it. We. Or, uh, at least a quarter. Have probably. you heard? I'm sorry to interrupt, but have you heard that Amazon Prime? They're now looking at putting a huge bid into getting a bunch of NBA games. You know, I got out of the car yesterday when I got here, and that subject was about to be talked about because, you know, back when the Live Golf uh, rumors were swirling about nabbing Charles Barkley. Uh-huh. To be one of their one of their announcers. Uh-huh. Well, Charles ended up signing back with Turner Sports. Obviously a big part of that is uh, inside the the NBA, the TNT pre and post game show. But in that contract when the details were released, it it specified that this contract was good whether or not that show existed. Hmm. I kind of raised some eyebrows and then the head of Turner Sports just this week talked about uh, kind of a it wasn't a stockholders meeting, but it was a a talk um, 
that they were going to be disciplined and measured when going after contracts with the NBA, which to some people signified if it doesn't make financial sense, they're going to get out of the NBA business. And a big part of that was some of the streaming that people are anticipating firing bukus of bucks to try to get the NBA, or at least a piece of the NBA. Uh, and obviously Amazon would be at the top of that list. I say all this, I hope that that's a thing, because I miss my thunder. It's like right when I switched to Hulu, everybody knows this, I thought I'm getting Fox Southwest and I'm going to get, and then like, and then COVID hit, shut down. And then somewhere between the shutdown and the, the bubble re-emerging, or re-emerging, Southwest, Fox Southwest went away from Hulu, so I lost it. And I didn't want to switch back to paying an arm and a leg for Dish. And so I haven't really had a full access to Thunder games other than pirating it or watching highlights when the game's over. So I'm hoping Amazon does that and they make it where I can watch my Thunder. Yeah, I mean, it might happen where right when they're you know turning it turned it around. Well, that's <laughs> the part of it right now for Thunder fans that don't that don't have that Bally Sports. That's the only avenue to watch because they're not on like they you're used not, to be. Yeah, you're they're not, not getting, getting them on a Thursday night. On maybe TV. an NBA maybe an NBA TV game every now and then, not many. But you're certainly not seeing them on TNT. Obviously, you don't get that ABC game anymore. So it's really the only way to watch. But last night. Um, man, it looked for most of that game like it was just going to be a night that wasn't Oklahoma City's night. Uh, I think when we were into, toward the end of the second quarter, when we were driving, Wyatt and I were in the car, Washington at one point was 12 of 17 from three. You know, and when that happens, it just you just lose. Yeah, you just throw your hands <laughs> you up and you go, do. it's I their mean, night, it's not like ours. My gosh, but, yeah. give up 67 in the first half. Uh, but then there in the third quarter, exploded to, to outscore Washington 35-20 to 20 to get right back in it. And then it was nip and tuck throughout. And SGA, you know, we, we were lamenting the fact against the Bucks a week and a half ago, or about two weeks ago now, when he knocked down that three that then – didn't end up to be the game winner because of a foul on the inbounds play and all that. And, uh, you know, that, that game winning opportunity on that three was taken away from him. Didn't happen last night. As, uh, he knocked down the step back three, 1.8 left. Lou Dort maybe even learned from his experience against the bucks being called for the foul late. He just, you could, you could almost tell Lou Dort knew what play was coming. Like he was standing there waiting on, Bradley build a flare to the far wing, and he just was right there with the hands straight up uh, to, to play great defense on that final play. And Oklahoma City wins 121-120, courtesy of an SGA three. Uh, the guy was magnificent, 42 on 14 of 22 shooting. Uh, he actually missed some free throws last night, which he hasn't been doing. I mean, he's on pace to – he's scoring 31 and a half a game and shooting 50-40-90, which – uh, the last guy to to score 30 and shoot those percentages in a season was Steph in 2016. So you don't see seasons like this is what I'm telling you very often. Uh, 50, if you don't know what 50, 40, 90 is, it's like the, it's almost the holy grail of shooting in the NBA, which means at the end of the season, you shoot 50% from the field, 40% from three and 90% 
from the free throw stripe. It's only the the rarest of the rare guys uh, in NBA history have done this. You're talking about yeah, say, give me some names. Uh, you're, you're, you're uh, Steph, KD did it. Uh, Larry Bird, I think Steve Nash had a season or two. But I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here as far as shooting goes uh, with guys. I mean, and there's certain parameters like they're, they're, you you can't just like play three games, have a good night, and be you know there, there's there's minimum shot attempts that go into this throughout yeah. the entire season, right. which obviously he's going to be able to to attain those levels if, if he stays healthy. But that's that's how good he's been so far. Fifth in the league in scoring at uh, at 31.5 a game, which that goes up to 32.3 last night, which puts him, uh, I think, second behind Luka at like 34-something. Um, he's just, you know, the, in, and here's what you're starting to see. The drum beat is beginning for his all-star game appearance. You're starting to hear uh, different people around the league, players, Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma was one who was on the floor last night for Washington, talking about how how well how great he's playing. JJ Redick, uh, you know, basically called, he called the Thunder must watch when when Shea is Shea is much watched TV right now because of how great he's been playing. And so I, the record is going to matter, I think, when it comes to that. But if the Thunder can continue to hover around five hundred, which they are right now at seven and eight. If they can end up, you know, if they're, what, 20 and 21 or something, it'd be more than that because they, they get to about 50 games. But if, you know, if they've got even 20 and 30 or, or a little bit better than that and he continues on this pace, the guy is going to be an all-star and, mm-hmm. and he's also going to be considered to for the one of the, the three teams in the All-NBA. I saw some chatter and it was funny because you could hear that that low laughter from people just shaking their head and giggling at the same time when they're looking, you go back, to what got SGA here, and that was the trade with Paul George involving Paul George. And, and not only got him here a ton of assets, and then you move on to the Westbrook trade to Houston, and, and then they're just seeing the comparison. Like, look at this. Now it's starting to click. Now it's starting. Now the trades are starting to make sense in, in favor OKC. Well, because those picks are people. Right, and, and you're starting to – exactly, you're seeing those become people. Mm-hmm. And people are just, you know, just the chatters. Oh, man, this is how it starts. This is how it starts. And other people are going, oh, well, yeah, he's doing good, but wait till free agency. He's going to leave him. But that just told me, you're paying attention to him. He's getting your attention, you know. And and he's playing great. But And, and I say this, and I'll stick with it. I'm, I'm he, He's playing great at a high level, which is awesome. Has to continue that, sure. Very capable of doing. But has to win, I think. For the All Star thing to happen, has to win a lot. Yeah, you know I, you can do all this and do all this and do all this, but if it's one point loss, five point loss, you hang with them for three quarters and lose by ten. That's great. I mean, that's that's some that's to me that's like okay, well, it's still a Thunder, small market. Uh, my vote's going to go over to this guy over in Boston or over in or in L A. Excuse me, going the West. So, but if they keep winning. That's I mean, that a, goes that goes to a, a, another route. Is are we okay with them doing this with winning? <laughs> they played Boston great, right? But they lost. And like, and I was like, this is what we wanted. We wanted that double overtime loss to uh, or overtime loss to help me Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you know, that's the that's the perfect season for us. Play great, lose close. But yeah, I'm but afraid it, that they're good. They're, they're too good. They're too good. He, yeah, he individually. 
He's too good. He not, is yeah. too good to keep to get the Thunder that, as like the second or third worst record in the league. He individually is too good for that to happen. And at some and point, I said that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I said at some point he's just too good. You can't you can't lose them all. Well, he's and just it, too good. And at some point, you're going to have to have these guys play together in the in the the tight moments. Even if the, if they continue to win some games here, staying in the race. To be able to, to to be a team that that could possibly be a play-in team, and and that kind of but you, you've got to you've got to see what they're like in the fire at some point, right? Yep. I mean, before you get all the way to being a, a playoff quote unquote type team, it really really st- like the the better you see this team play and the more fun they get, almost the worse it hurts your heart that Chet's not out there so that you can see everything. But at the same time, should it excite you? Like they're doing this without Chet, and that's a question we don't have an answer for. We don't know how good he is. We've very incredible small sample size in a summer league of all things, so we don't know how good he is. But, no, we don't. But, it, but, but just to see how it fits, to see how it but melts, the potential of it, and, and then and, also yeah. to see what you need. Yeah, when the too. draft comes along. Okay, Chet's working. He he's exactly what we thought he was. You know. Here's you know I think a guy that it's going to be interesting to see what the Thunder really think about him and what the rest of the league I don't even know if the rest of the league has figured out that this guy can actually stand on two feet and play basketball yet but that's Poku Poku has been fantastic this season and he's just twenty yeah but he has been a revelation. To where you're talking about a guy that looks like a piece for the first time in his career over more than like a, a one heck of a three minute flash in a game. He's averaging basically 10 points, two blocks, five rebounds, two assists a game, shooting 47% from the field. Which for a guy that's seven foot, you're like, okay, that's nothing great. But he doesn't play next to the basket. How about this? Thirty nine percent from three. And I mean, he heard the and promo it, before we came in. I and mean, I, bangs yeah, with guy, like he doesn't look out of place. No. So is that a trade piece or is that a piece moving forward? I mean, what, yeah, that's a good question. Is he a, is he bait? Is he trade is bait? He, is he is he? Something? But but here's the thing: Are you willing to give up on twenty? We're going to be 21 here shortly. If you not, he's getting close to his birthday. Uh, yeah, December 26th, he'll turn 21. Just 21. Are you willing to give up what, on what he might be? No, I'm not. I don't the, think so I am. Dates either. you want to circle if you want to get a get a pulse for what direction this team's going to go in. And I know a lot's going to happen between now and this first date as far as wins and losses are concerned. But let's say there's, you know, let's say they're hovering like they are right now around 500. Still possibility of playing game scenarios. January 5th is um, uh, 10-day contracts eligible. So what's, what does Sam Presco get somebody? You know, that's that's your first hint, your first clue. And then January 10th to February 9th. February 9th is the trade deadline. You see a lot of movement between those dates. And we'll know if they're buyers or sellers at that point. Yeah, it's an interesting dilemma because 
It's the youngest team in the league, like the second youngest ever. It's like deja vu, isn't it? But it, but it's it's not. You you don't. At least yet, this team isn't isn't you know the the end of the first year of the Thunder, where they started out what two and twenty five or whatever it was two and twenty three, and then all of a sudden they end up winning twenty games by the time it's over, and you're looking going, whoa, wait a minute. Durant is absolutely going to be one of the best players in the league. You can already see it. Westbrook is better than anybody. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, it was like, whoa, this is this Thunder isn't that by any stretch yet. But it they've got a bona fide fringe all-star in SGA, mm-hmm. and they've got some interesting pieces around him. And then is the number two pick turn? Is he turned out to be the number two pick with Chet? We don't know, and that's what really stinks. Is we don't we're not going to know till the till the end. I'll tell you one pick that is absolutely working out is Santa Clara Williams. Santa Clara Jalen yep. Williams is yep. a fantastic player. He may not he not ever be a you know like a star, but that dude is a fantastic basketball player. Right. I mean, fantastic. He he's gonna be a, a just a honestly Dort struggle a little bit. You know what his defense is. The the shooting hasn't come around yet with with the contract he signed. Santa Clara Williams is an easy replacement for that. If you wanted to 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 possibly explore something outside of that, if if Dort doesn't kind of snap back in it, but you know what sucks about having full access or not having full access to these Thunder games and only looking at box scores after the game. Which Williams am I looking at? Which Williams? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but more than likely, it's J Dub and J Will. Yeah. Uh, J- Help me out, okay? J Dub. J Dub is-, is Santa Clara. Okay, so J Dub. They need J- to adjust J- that. J Will is Arkansas. They need to please adjust that in the box score. And they both kind of have the same hair. <laughs> you know. Oh, that can. One of them's clearly bigger than the other when you see them, but you know, J J Santa Clara Williams. It looks like a, a just an a starter in the NBA on good teams yep. for for a decade. So things are definitely looking up for the Thunder. Yeah. I like it. And and Shea's starting to get the national notoriety that uh that he's earned so far this year. Yep. Fun game last night. Man, they're putting points up. They've gone from one of the teams like if you had the league pass going into the season, probably at the bottom five in your rotation. Yeah. To through 15 games, they're at least midway up in the league, maybe in the top 10. Right. Hanging out in studio on a Thursday. Don't forget tomorrow, uh, Garrison Financial Friday. Hopefully, Scotty G will be able to join us. I'm sure he'll have World Cup fever. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That it's the it's coming up. The the world's like top sports thing competition is coming up and, it, and I didn't I had kind of forgotten until my computer showed a little soccer ball at the bottom and said in three days you, I, it's just because we're not is it because it's in Qatar, well, it's not, Qatar it's not just because but there's other reasons why a lot of reasons I mean it's right in the middle of American football season yeah it's it's not the only show I've, in the past the world cup's been in the summer where they're only competing with at a MLB. perfect time yeah, yeah. so it, it has like oh something different on other than baseball on a sunday afternoon i'll watch this game between canada and england i don't know now it's like 
Wait, what? They're playing soccer? It's November. I like, though, I, I love the promos with though Don Draper as Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So it kicks off on Sunday. The U.S. first first match is on Monday. Huh. Anyhow, I'm sure uh, Scott will have something to say about the World Cup tomorrow. Been watching a little bit. Been watching, well, a ton. Uh, not a ton. Oh, yeah, quite a bit. Of Hildale. Yeah. They are big on the offensive line. Evan Keith, the name I couldn't think of on Monday. 6'3", they list him at 275. He is a uh, Air Force commit on the offensive and defensive line. That'll be a guy that's a focal point of trying to get around his blocks or block him uh, when the Elks have the ball. Eric Virgil, the running back, has been fantastic. 2,014 yards this season, 49.85 for his career, so 15 yards short of a 5,000-yard rusher, which if he gets – he's averaging 183. Hopefully that – if you're – a brown and white fan he'd like to see that number well below that but uh with his with where he's at career you know a hundred yard game would put him around the top 50 of all time in career rushing yards in the state of oklahoma uh, so you're talking about one of, i mean a, a very 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 good player there um but you know this is a it's almost it's eerily reminiscent to me in a lot of ways of what happened last year and that is mm, yeah. a, a, a one-touchdown win in game one. And then the, this team, is, it, it's so it's really eerily similar. You know, last year it was Emmanuel Crawford on the other side. I don't – this is no slight whatsoever uh, to Eric Virgil because he is obviously a fantastic player and will be a hard guy to stop. I, but I, I don't think he's as electric – as Crawford. Yeah. He's very I mean he listen, he can take it to the house from anywhere, but you know, that the that fear like that slide up on the front of your seat, like every time Crawford touched it, you knew there was a chance to be a touchdown and yeah. one of them I was called ninety. Him, I called <laughs> him hold your breath guys. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he's quite to that level of explosiveness, but he is a fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, job one for the Elks, Coach Maynard said it uh, yesterday is the line of scrimmage and being able to win the line of scrimmage to make things as hard as possible on Virgil. Are we in the same position in this? What I'm being careful when I say this of Grove of last year, you see what I'm saying? I I think their team is really similar. No, I I mean, I mean, I mean us as Grove, like as far as got the nice win the first round, hosting a team that has to travel a long ways. Oh yeah. You see, you know what I mean. So what I'm saying is, could we use that? I say we, Elk City, the guys, the players, the coaches, go listen. We know how it is to travel a long ways and upset somebody. Yeah, we better be ready because just because they have to travel, doesn't mean we have a leg up. This is a good team coming to town. Oh, for sure. I think that's absolutely. You can look back and. Um use that as a as an example of what's possible mm-hmm. no doubt about it i was wanting to see and it's just i was wanting to see if they if the oklahoma had picks yet because i noticed they stopped doing rankings so those seem to be locked in the, uh, there was the, rankings the, the this ap week. the ap i mean 
Oh, okay, okay. Not not the bot so rankings the, at the Oklahoma. The Oklahoma and the in the Tulsa world where they yeah. continued that. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, I think the difference is, and you know what, we heard it last year, finding different different uh, scoreboard shows in in northeastern Oklahoma as we started the trek home. Yeah. I think I don't. Yeah, I guess. May I, I? Do you think that Elk City is viewed as the favorite over Hilldale? That Grove was viewed over Elk City last year. From the stuff I've seen, from the predictions from the casual fan, yes, mm-hmm. everyone is leaning Elk City just okay. because, like, well, and you know what the thing is, and I'll have to give you this link to this board I look at. To kind of get a pulse of what other people are thinking. It's not nothing official. It's nothing from official writers or anything. But the thing I see is, well, I don't know much about Oak City, but I see the rank too. So I'm going to say Oak City 2820 or stuff like that. So there's that. They're just leaning on, well, they keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. They're ranked second. Hildell has to travel. I'll pick Oak City. Yeah. And that's where I go back to is it, it kind of feels like, Elk City is in the same position of Grove was last year. Grove, we didn't know anything about Grove other than Emmanuel Crawford. Well, but- and, and all that kind of happened the week of that game, if you'll remember, where that feature story came out about his yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the life that he had led to be able to get to where he was. Right. Uh, and I I could see where that I, – I just don't, I don't get a sense from around – outside of here. I don't get a sense that, uh, that, that the Elks are viewed – in the same light as far as being a, a massive favorite the way that maybe Grove was because of the gaudy stats that they had put up. And, mm-hmm. and and I think maybe more than anything what caught people off guard when they looked at that final score a year ago was just how dominant Elk City was. Yeah. It was 24 nothing at one point. They went, you know, went by three touchdowns. I don't, I don't think – even the folks that might have given the Elks a chance, I don't think anybody really assumed or, or even – let their minds go there like wait a minute the Elks are clearly better <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? the way that that game turned out so yeah. um uh, but I see the parallels for sure uh, with the long trip with the uh, team that's uh, you know at, at home and a, and a favorite and and all that so for sure I, and I think that's something that uh, I'm sure that coach Maynard and the guys will be uh, reminding the Elks uh, j- just a year ago what happened uh, for them in a positive light making that long trek mm-hmm Another long track is Clinton. Headed all the way across the state to play the Poto Pirates. Uh, they've been there a time or two. Late, uh, what they won? God, they won there what? Two years ago? Was it two years ago on the way to the finals that when, they when went they, to Poto and won? Or did they? Maybe that no, was the semifinal. No, they beat Blanchard in the. No, no, they beat Blanchard in the quarters because it was at Blanchard. Maybe they played Poto in the semifinals. I think they played Poto in the semis and then lost to Wagner. Yeah. In the finals. That's worth a Google, but 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 they've been to Poto more than once. It feels like seems like it, or maybe it was just they they played maybe that them. one time. I don't know. They they always they've always played them good, wherever it's been. Uh, quarters. They played them in the quarters in twenty twenty. Clinton over Poto. So that would have been a road game, right? Yeah, it was that a yeah. And then Blanchard was the semis, 10-7, before the Wagner defeat. Right. 2013, Poto beat Clinton. Anyway, that's the last few years. 
So one and one over the last decade. I'm interested because it does feel like the the Red Tornadoes have clearly improved as they seemingly have done each and every year with uh, Coach John Higby as the at the helm of the Red Tornado program. They seem to improve every year, and, and since we've seen them, followed the week up the, the next week with Weatherford kind of blowing them out there at the Tornado Bowl. Since then, feels like Clinton's kind of become a little bit more what we expect to see out of Clinton. It feels like they've grown up as far as the the younger guys getting acclimated to that that vars. I say that a lot uh, to that varsity level, and um, I think they're getting healthier too, and I think a little bit better uh, quarterback play too. It seems they seem to be trusting him to throw it downfield a little bit more. But then at the end of the day, I mean, it's something about Clinton when they get to the playoffs, they're just able to turn it on. So I'm not ruling them out against Poto, but it's gonna be a tough one. That's a tough game. And, and probably no surprise that they have gotten better, quite frankly, because um, of what they lost. Only returning four starters on either side of the ball. That's it, it, uh, a lot of production to lose. And with the way that they challenged themselves in the non-district and right off the bat in district play, bam, there was uh, that game between Oak City and Clinton. Um, it, it's not shouldn't be a surprise, I don't think, that uh, Coach Higby's got those guys turned in the right direction. Um and I think this is going to be a battle. They're, they had every opportunity. If it wasn't for one player for Bethany and that was their quarterback, they could have blown Bethany out. They were up and I mean, as soon as I would check it, it was like, boom, 20 to nothing. There's 20 nothing with like a minute left in the first half, and that player you're talking about, Taylor Heim, returned the, returned returned the, the kickoff, kick, kickoff yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. And, you know, he made some big plays throughout. So this is uh, – I think Clinton's got a, a good chance to go over and win uh, at Poto. Now, around the state, uh, give me a couple of road teams in any class. I wrote down a few. That you like uh, to have a chance to win. Well, there's some obvious answers, like Jinx at Mustang, right? Give me Jinx. Maybe Owasso at Norman North, because I stick with those those uh, six A's. you you got to lean east all the time, right, when it's east versus west. So stuff like that, Booker T. Washington at Deer Creek in 6A2. Uh, how about McGinnis at Coeta? Yeah, I kind of had that one circled myself. In 5A. 3A, Perkins Tryon at Verdigris. Um, 2A, Community Christian at Jones. And I was looking at I was comparing scores. Community Christian won pretty handily in their first round. Jones didn't. Chandler at Frederick. Frederick, because they had that upside, upset win, now they host Chandler, who won pretty easily. Um, Tonkawal. I always like tradition. I think in the Bucks have always, in Class A, have been – pretty solid for for a while so Tonka Walk Cold Cord because I know nothing about Cold Cord and I don't know why I'm not buying into the railroaders at Winoka but Thackerville coming to Winoka is another one that I could see happening Thackerville winning Class A it's a list I got what do you got uh Moreland at Crescent these two teams have played oh I think it's seven nothing Crescent in non-district it feels like Moreland has gotten way better. They kind of this, feel like what Clinton's doing. A yeah. little bit, yeah. yeah. So I, I think Moreland on the road at Crescent uh, would give uh, the, the Bearcats a, a chance, a pretty decent chance there. 5A Piedmont going to McAllister. Piedmont upset Midwest City a week ago. McAllister seems like that team that just that, – they're almost like the, the, the Super Bowl losers where they kind of just don't put it together type you know yeah uh, and i know they played 
uh, was it Kuita that they played? No, no, Kuita killed them. Uh, Kuita Del City or Carl Del City or Carl Albert was that close one. Anyway, I can't remember that that two point conversion. It may have been Del City in in district play, but anyhow, um, it, it just doesn't seem like the Buffaloes have ever kind of gotten the mojo of what they had a year ago, making it to the state finals and playing that great game against Collinsville. I, I agree with uh, Bishop McGinnis, Del City. I mean. I, the the five A man, uh, you can see it going anyway. Yeah, I. But with that being said, and when I'm on the fence, I just lean towards the. Oh, certain, for sure. And that's Carl Albert. Oh, I no just, doubt. It's hard for me to go against him. No doubt. I mean, that's going to be an absolute fist fight uh, there at Carl Albert. And I mean, Guthrie Grove are you going to be shocked if the Blue Jays go to Grove and win? No, I don't think anybody would be. The one that you mentioned that I, I had a feeling you're going to mention that I would go the other way. And that is Mustang Jinx. I like the Broncos. At home. I like them. I'm just going to tell you. They played them tough in the semifinals a year ago. I like the Broncos. How much do you like them? I mean, I just I like them to win that game. I don't like them enough to lose a burrito to you, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> that's a bold one, Cotton. Jinx. They seem like they're yeah, but would have been that heard about uh, no wait 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 two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, today two weeks ago, would it have been that bold if if they had lost to Bixby? I'm just saying before that Bixby game would would you have been going whoa you're out of your mind? No, yeah I know yeah, but Jinx has gotten healthy and they've put it together the last couple of weeks. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just saying that I think there's a little bit of recency bias. In favor of the Trojans. And they deserve it. Listen, I mean, if anybody does across the entire state of Oklahoma. But it's just wild to me that two weeks ago, I think everybody, and, and maybe even Coach Frederick at U, at uh, Union, would have picked Bixby to win 6A1. And now they're not even number one in the class because they lost a the game. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think Jinx is kind of getting... They're they're getting the respect for for ending that run, that losing streak or that winning streak of Bixby as they should, and because it's Jinx. But Mustang's talented. Mustang played them tough. Yeah, at home. Just saying. It seemed like an upset for the home team to win that one, right? Absolutely. That's why I put it on my list. So I knew you were gonna have that one on your list. I'll think about a burrito for tomorrow. Okay. You want to go NFL or do you want to go Bedlam? Let's, let's uh, I don't care. <laughs> it's your show. Well, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Bedlam does not excite me as much as NFL does, so what you got NFL-wise? We got tomorrow. We'll we talk talked about, about the snow. Yeah, we did touch on that. The snow possibilities in Buffalo. Uh, I thought this was an interesting article by Bill Barnwell. Talking about the lucky and unlucky teams. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there's different reasons for this. Like, you know, one, one of the things that the analytic guys really harp on when it comes to, like, certain teams being better than you thought or worse than you thought, you know what the, one of the big ones is? Is fumbles. And, like, re, like causing fumbles on defense but not recovering them. Like an, an inordinate percentage or the other way. Yeah. When you fumble and, and the other team gets it all the time. And that's uh, one one of the teams, Tampa Bay, talks about how they've been unlucky with fumble recoveries. 
Uh, obviously, but injuries on the offensive line have been. Get them well, it's just it's just like the bounce of the ball, right? Right. Because you're supposed to, as a defense, it's like 58 percent of the time. You get the- uh, no, no, no. On offense, I'm sorry. 58 percent when you fumble, you get it back. Okay. That's overall in the league. Yeah, yeah. Overall, all, all the fumbles that happen in the league, the offense recovers fifty-eight percent of the time. The Bucks' offense has only recovered thirty-three mm. percent. So you know that's like okay, the ball's just bouncing a little bit the wrong way. Um, and then one score game. So obviously, the Nebraska in college football has been talked about this, where if you believe they were better than their record, you're pointed to, gosh, they lose a crazy percentage of one-score games. Like, you know, and that, that the worm has to turn at some point, right? Yeah. So the Giants uh, are one of the lucky teams at 7-2. They've won five out of six in games decided by seven or less. Their biggest win was this last week by eight. So if those just even out, instead of one of the best records in the league, you've got the Giants at, at say, five and five, or, you know, five mm-hmm. and four. Mm-hmm. Um... Cleveland is another uh, supposed unlucky team. So if if the offense recovers 58% of the fumbles, that means the defense should get 42. Cleveland's only getting 30. You know, and then Las Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is on both lists. <laughs> Funny. Vegas, are you lucky or none? Come on, Lady Luck. Luck be <laughs> your lady tonight. What are they? They're both. They're, they're both. How are you both? Uh, <laughs> they're they they're lucky in that they let's see da, 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 da. Uh, they're zero and six in one score games. Their red zone offense has just been atrocious. They've uh, they've converted only fifty two percent of red zone trips to touchdowns. That's twenty second in the league. Hmm. Whereas they've been like a top ten offense outside of the red zone. That's funny. Yeah, you know, just little things like that. Top ten offense, and they're what two and seven, two right and three and two and seven. It's funny. Would you want to be lucky or unlucky? I mean, think about it. If you are a team that's say Minnesota, you've kind of said it before this article came out, right? They yeah, they don't show be, up on this list. They're a one-loss team that are pretty dang lucky. Does that tell you that they're not that good? Or if you're a two-win team or a five-and-five five Tampa Bay team, you're considered unlucky. Like, man, if it wasn't for bad luck, they'd be pretty dang good. Yeah, it just depends on how quick it turns. Yeah. You know, if you start recovering a fumble or two here and there this year, and it it puts you in a better position. You know, Minnesota's an interesting one because you I would think that they would show up on this list because of the way that they've come back in a lot of those games. You know, they are the team when you they're, – they're the team when you look up in the – like right before halftime, it seems like each and every week you've looked up there and went, huh, look at that. The Vikings are getting beat by the Lions or the Vikings are behind to the Bears mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever else it is. And then all of a sudden, they win the game. I mean, right. last week was just the epitome of luck, right? <laughs> I mean, even even think back to the very first game. 
They beat the Packers 23-7. to But if you watched the Dallas game last week, you know how that game started because they showed it about four times. That game started with Aaron Rodgers hitting Christian Watson in stride for a touchdown on the first play of the season, and he dropped it. You know, yeah. it's impossible to sit here and say uh, when, when Green Bay lost that game by two full touchdowns and two-point conversions by 16 points, it's possible to sit here and say, oh, that changes the entire game. That changes the entire season. But it's also impossible not to say that. You know, yeah. what does that do for Aaron Rodgers' confidence in, in the offense and Christian Watson and Christian Watson's confidence if he catches that thing and just strolls into the end zone, like what would have happened? Right. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's just one play in a million for a season. But it's also it right now after you saw a week ago when he did make a catch, and you could it, and it almost felt like it almost felt like we were watching something as Green Bay came back against Dallas last week, right? Especially between those two, because on the big plays on the fourth and seven. You had Olsen and, and Kevin Burkhardt talking about, okay, who do they, who does he trust? Who does he go to? They never even mentioned Kristen Watson's name until he threw it to him. And then down there on the goal line to tie it. You know, and then it was then it was like they were figuring out, wait a minute. This is the guy that Aaron Rodgers wants to trust. Yeah. This is who he thinks the go to guy ought to be. And Christian Watson's now made some plays to even reinforce that confidence that Rodgers had in him before he'd made a play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, it's in, for, for Minnesota anyway, that's super, it's a super interesting season because their weapons are good. Like that offense, I mean, they picked up Hawkinson on that trade from Detroit. He's a heck of a good tight end. Kirk Cousins is good except for at night. Jefferson's as good a receiver as there is in the league. Thielen's as good a second guy as there is in the league. Dalvin Cook's a really good running back. Feels like their offensive line, they've kind of shored up. Uh, Christian Derisaw is one of the better tackles. In, I mean, offensively, and then the defense has actually played better than I think a lot of people thought it would. So maybe maybe the Vikings are pretty good. I mean, at 8-1, and one, obviously. But, you know, I, th- I think about a couple years ago when, when Pittsburgh – well, they start out like ten and zero, eleven yeah, and zero, right? But you, but and, but it was and, like, and everybody's ah, like, yeah. When are they going to lose? They're this, losing this. game. They're going to lose this one, right? They're going to lose this one, right? And then they end up losing like five in a row, six in a row to finish the season. That's when Cleveland blew them out in the playoffs. This Minnesota team doesn't feel like that. It feels more like the destiny thing as opposed to the God. This team's not very good, but they're lucking out and winning. Having said that, who's trusting them? Who's trusting Kirk Cousins in the playoffs? Yeah, but that's the interesting part of the NFC. If 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 the Bucks aren't going to be very good, and if the Rams are going to continue to struggle around, your choices to trust are going to be Cousins, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Dak, and then the one guy that has done it, nobody trusts at all, and that's Jimmy G. So they, you know, that's kind of who you've got out there to trust. Gino, a bunch of people have faith in Gino. So the, the, and then on the other side, it's like, good God, I, I trust them all. If any of these teams had a quarterback from the AFC, that'd be the easy choice, right? Right. right. I mean, Mahomes, Allen, 
Burrow, Herbert, if they get there. Mm-hmm. Two is probably in that other list that we were just talking about. But, man, that's why the NFC playoffs – like, nobody – Toss-up? I mean, who? At this point, you think NFC oh, yeah. is a toss-up? Do you think there's a clear favorite? I mean, playoff-wise? I think uh, a couple teams might have their hand on the final rung of the ladder, but – other teams are Philly right and there Minnesota with them. Yeah, or something San like Francisco. that. But a lot of people can, like San Francisco. You can, see, you can see those other teams going, oh, wait a minute. I'm about to step on your head and get above you. This to me is one of those years where just getting into the playoffs gives anybody a chance in the NFC to make it to the Super Bowl. True. I mean, would you be shocked if if the the, the way it's changed now, it's not six or seven teams, so there'll be three wild card games, right? Only one team gets the bye. Would you be shocked at all if the three division winners that played home games all lost? No. No. I mean, you really wouldn't be. I don't think. I mean, because it's either right now it's either going to be Minnesota or Philly. I don't think anybody would, would just be woke up with their heads sewn to the carpet shocked if that team lost in the first round, especially depending on what matchups we see. My, um, I'm just curious what I what I'd pick for my NFC playoff teams in no order. I'm just going left to right as mm-hmm. I read it. Cowboys, Eagles, Packers, Vikings, Bucks, Rams, 49ers, which are all in play. And yeah, all feel pretty good. Did about you it. write down mine? I th- it felt like we had pretty similar. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I might have went Saints instead of Vikings, which looks like an idiot move right now. Um, I obviously like the Rams because I had them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the, the, the 49ers. I always loved the 49ers, too. They were, matter of fact, that was my NFC title game, was a rematch. Because I wanted to pick 49ers, Chiefs, and I just couldn't pull the trigger. Because I didn't trust Trey Lance. And guess what? Well, you don't have to worry about I that. I don't trust Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> you don't trust a 49ers quarterback. I get it. Not the ones <laughs> they've got. Brock Purdy. Anybody trust in him? As the backup. Anyway, now the NFC playoffs, I think, are going to be fascinating to see who can kind of take the mantle of that next quarterback. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.